Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me, as always, is our Tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. Lots going on in the news uh, this week. I suppose we'll start off maybe with, uh, uh, oh, actually, lots going on, this, and none of it Brexit-related. <laughs> well, hey, well, hey. Uh, but we do have good news and bad news for uh, Google. Let's start off with the bad news for Google, which is possibly good news for us. Uh, okay. Now, uh, here's, here's an interesting tidbit of... Uh, trivia for you um we talk an awful lot about you know the great tech giants and all these fines are coming in from the eu and do they actually care um are these you know figures that are massive to us but small enough to them that they're quite happy to eat these fines and continue i mean when we, when we talked to max schrems last year he was very much of the opinion that you know what, until fines are genuinely punitive, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing or they're going to dress up what they were doing as something else uh, and this kind of thing. So, uh, a little bit of trivia. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll play a guessing game. How much do you think Google have been slapped with in fines over the last, we'll say, three years? Oh, the last three years? Yeah, uh, just by the EU. Well, we know that the Ireland one was, I don't know if that was a fine or a tax, but that was $13 billion, uh, that was Ah, uh-huh, in- that was Apple. Oh, that was Apple, was it? Okay. I'll yeah. Go. Uh, Google then. Let, let, let me just tell you, I'd, I'd say $20 billion. Oh, oh, right. Okay, you're you're way off the pace. And the number that is, that I have in front of me is actually, God, it's not, ah, Dusty, you've ruined the story. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. Total total fines from the EU, eight point two four billion over three cases. Okay, that's not bad. So we've got uh, EU Competition Commissioner Marguerite Vestager has has been the champion of the people in uh, in recent years, and all very interesting cases um, and very valid ones. So uh, to give you just to go through the the three biggies that have that um, should be bringing in money into the coffers anyway. Uh, two of them are sort of based on positioning of Google services in relation to their competitors. So same in the way that we would do a search for, let's say, executive chairs, right? Because I'm staring at one right now and I'm thinking, gosh, I wouldn't mind one of those. Um, so as we know, uh, you do a search and the top two results on top of your page are, you know, Google ads for executive chairs, right? Or maybe... Um, an ad for a comparison service that just happens to be owned by Google uh, for executive chairs. Now, the EU has said, actually, this is anti-competitive because you've basically taken the plum ad spots for yourself and uh, you're not really giving anyone else a a fair look in. I mean, you own 90% of the the share market in the EU and here you are making sure that nobody else gets a a slice of that sweet, sweet search search euro. Uh, So that was sort of too big 
cases that uh, they fell foul of. And of course, the other one is the um, uh, positioning of Google Apps on the Android operating system. So in the way that you would buy your Android phone and guess what? The default browser on it happens to be uh, Android and not Firefox or, or some other third party app. So um, they got stung for that as well. So, you know, 8.24 billion, it's it's a chunk of change. Um, and I think it's it's punitive enough, certainly in the case of the in Android. I think that's enough of a slap on the wrist to, to get them to rethink how they do things. I mean, you remember what happened with Microsoft um, a couple of years ago when it had its antitrust case about Internet Explorer, um, the way that you bought a computer and Internet Explorer was the default browser on it. Um, they ended up in Europe having to give you a choice of browsers the first time that you that you open it. Okay. Now, it's like, OK, would you like to continue with Internet Explorer? Would you maybe prefer Chrome or Firefox or hmm. Safari? So uh, I think, you know, we're going to see something similar on Android, thankfully. Um, and yeah, so basically giving away the plump spots for uh, for advertisers. Yeah, but it, it, it's interesting because, you see, I, th- I think Microsoft at the time did the correct thing. I think Google at the time were kind of doing the correct thing, uh, Facebook doing the correct thing and stuff like that. And that they are like, you know, why wouldn't they put their own products there? Why wouldn't they make it so that you must install that uh, by default? And... I think what is fantastic about the EU and why we are so lucky to have the EU is that they actually have the uh, the the waste to be able to stand up to these massive multinational corporations and to say, okay, in a normal situation, you would expect a company to put their own products first or whatever. But the problem is, is that you are so dominant in the marketplace that you've gone from being just another trader to being the trader. And because of that, different rules apply. And the only way that those rules will apply, because everybody's looking in their own back pocket first, is if you have somebody like the EU to stand up and say, Oi, no. Yeah, well, you know, if you look at vacuum cleaners, you know, what do you say you're going to do? I'm going to hoover the the house yeah you know it's it's a brand name that's synonymous with the activity you know people won't say i am going to search the internet they, they say i'm going to google it mm. you know it's a it's a, a brand that's in a, that's synonymous with uh, with medium so you know thankfully there are plenty of vacuum cleaners in the world and it's you know to say you're hoovering something it, <laughs> it's just a verb it's not necessarily yeah. everybody goes by and, and buys a hoover um but that's not the case with google People, you know, either have it set to their default page or whatever. That it is such, uh, it is so dominant in the market. Well, listen, if if you're going to, if you're going to bring vacuum cleaners and Hoovering and, and Kleenex and God knows what else into the conversation, I'm going to bring Spider Man in. <laughs> okay, why? Because with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, you know, kind of, you're right in that, like, you know, eight billion. That's that's three massive cases, eight billion over the last three years. Uh, I was just looking on there uh, very quickly online, and uh, Alphabet, the parent company of Google, made uh, eight billion roughly in the first three months of last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, the thing is, are these fines enough? 
And I actually think that the fines are significant, but they won't hurt them. But what's hurting them is the fact that the fine was imposed because a certain law was uh, uh, broken or new regulations were brought in. That's the bit that's effective. It's not necessarily the money. The money is kind of a side issue. So I wouldn't be getting too distracted by it. Ah, interesting take. Okay. Now, uh, we did say good news and bad news for Google this week, so let's get on to the uh, the good news for Google. And especially for you as you're a gamer, because we've got uh, the Gamers uh, Developers Conference that week, which is happening in the States this week. Uh, yeah, and Google that's it. have made a massive announcement, which is sounds very cool in some ways. It sounds very cool, but it's kind of a dated idea, really. Um, Google have announced Stadia, which is basically an online streaming service where you get to play games through your browser and all the computing power is done remotely uh, because Google are pretty cool that way with data centers and whatnot. Um, So you can play any game you want through your browser. uh, And when I say browser, I mean your PC, Mm -hmm. your phone, your tablet, pretty much anywhere that you can pick up a strong broadband signal, uh, you will be able to play the game of your choice. Um, sounds an awful lot about like a, a certain service that we are, well, I don't want to say big fans of anymore, but um, very, very familiar with. Now, you, you've completely lost me. Stop talking. Name names when you, for God's sake, man. Uh, oh, okay. In the same way that we are getting into the Netflix of... We are now into the Netflix of gaming. Well, it's funny. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when you said that. Mm, Yeah. So, you know, we imagine you'll be paying a subscription for uh, games that will be able to stream in up to 4K resolution with surround sound uh, in 60 frames per second. So Mm. that's, that's, you know, pretty high end stuff. Yeah. But you you, now you've hit it. You're going on two different things here. okay? Okay. So firstly, number one is what you're saying is that you would just play the game in a browser on whatever device you can get your hands on and I think in some ways technically that is kind of like I don't know whether that's cool or whether that's not cool all right do you think just on that side of things that it's going to trounce the PlayStation or the uh the the Xbox well PlayStation has PlayStation now which sort of takes kind of a lot of elements of this idea Uh, and if you remember Gosh, when we started doing this show, there was a service in the works called OnLive. It was eventually Mm. bought up by HTC and unfortunately died to death. But this was a little box that you plugged into your TV. All the computing was done remotely. You paid a subscription and you could play whatever game you want. Mm. Um, And there were there were various issues with it. And there was problems with the rollout. There was problems with um, the actual compute power not not being there. Um, But the idea i felt was absolutely sound now we're at stage where okay it's it's not necessarily gaming tower underneath your your tv anymore but you will be able to stream games Um, i think it's a really good idea i'm not sure i really want google tracking my gameplay history as well as everything else that i do they already Um, are (laughs) (laughs) um but uh 
there are two things that will come down to. And with any online service, it always comes down to the same two things that we talk about. It's almost, uh, it's, it's a repetitive argument at this stage. And it's one that Netflix is falling on the wrong side of at the moment. Um, and other companies, which we'll be talking about later, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it is the exact same issues. So we are looking at problems of catalogue sort of the available content, uh, whether things will be platform exclusive, whether you will be able to play the uh, tentpole titles from different platforms on Stadia. Uh, and you also have the issue of connectivity. It's all fine and well to saying, okay, you can have 4K streaming and 60 FPS and surround sound, but that could require a 40 meg connection. If you're in the middle of nowhere and you're struggling to get one megs, that's not going to be a lot of use to you. So you, 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 it's not going to work for everybody? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it wouldn't work for me, and I'm in the middle of the city. Uh, it's it's just my uh, internet connection is mm. far too volatile at mm. the moment. Um, I can go into my bedroom and get, say, 60 megs, but as soon as I go into the kitchen, that's easily halved. And in the last few weeks, it's been acting up for reasons unknown. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, I'm really struggling to get things to even cast. And, and, and I thought there was a difference between Port Marnock and Port Leash. Well, there you go. Your living room and your kitchen is staggering. Yes, yes. <laughs> but on, on, on the thing about the ability of, of having a good enough internet connection to be able to play these games, so that's one thing. Okay, so we're kind of in favour of that. But the other thing then, and here's where I'm, my alarm bells are immediately going off, is that you're saying that you won't buy the games anymore. You'll pay as you play, so to speak. Games yeah. will now become software as a service. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, do you, if you really? Think about, yeah, because if you think about the lifespan of a game, right? Uh, if you look at, well, uh, actually, I might be tying myself up in knots the more I think about it. Uh, the average um, gameplay time of something like maybe The, the Last of Us uh, would be maybe 15 hours, right? Okay. Or 15 to 24 hours, I think, for, for a tempo game, if you know what you're doing. Okay. Um and then it's gone, right? Because uh, it's also like a got, movie. You've done it. You've seen it. You know how it works. So you know the end. Next. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense just to have a, a subscription model. But it would have to be, of course, tied to the uh, current um, the price of games, right? So if you're paying 40, 50, 60 euro in some cases for the big game of the year, if you're operating a subscription model, this is something that, I don't know, can it be cheap? Should it be cheap? I think if somebody came to you and said, it'll be 50 euros a month uh, and you get to play not only new games, but everything in a certain developer's back catalogue, um, that, 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 that would work. There is value to it. And I, I was kind of a little bit against uh, Netflix when it came out. For One of the things, I don't know whether I was against or, or, or for it, uh, actually, I think it was for it because what I liked about Netflix was that I would spend maybe, say, a tenner a month for the, for the sake of argument, 120 quid a year, and I would be able to watch dozens of box sets. Whereas mm. before, I would have bought one or two or maybe three box sets a year, and they would have cost me maybe 50 quid a pop. Hmm. So I was probably paying around the same money, but there was a huge opportunity for a savings with Netflix. 
Yeah. However, you are tied to the Netflix catalogue. Yes, exactly. And and what I've learned since, to my uh, absolute disgust, uh, and I should have copped it at the time, was that uh, Netflix licensed content. It's not like kind of, you know, hey, all the old movies are on Netflix, because I don't know how many times I've gone, oh, I'd love to watch Back to the Future again or something like that. Uh, Mm. And I know they've recently got it, but, you know, two years ago, I was saying, let's watch Back to the Future, let's watch Jurassic Park, or let's watch uh, whatever happens to be Mary Poppins or, or mm. uh, you know, whatever, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. But when you go to these movies that you think are ancient and are rarely shown on television anymore because they're so old, sure, it'll be on Netflix. No, it's not there. No, it's not. Um, so it's kind of that that uh, drives me um, uh, a little bit crazy. And I was a bit disappointed with that side of it. But when I'm thinking back to the games and games as a service, I actually think that I'm okay with that. Um, because you've got to start, middle, and an end, and then once you've done it, you've seen it, bump, it's gone. Like mm. a box set, or like a movie, or like when you've read a book. So there's a transient nature to that, and I don't mind paying a subscription in order to use all of that. But the minute I hear software as a service, my back immediately gets up, because I hate this whole market of uh, email with Office 365, and all of your Office applications uh, with uh, Adobe, and all of their media production applications, and... Um, uh, what, what else? I, I can't. Everything seems to be going to software as a service. Where I would have spent somewhere between six hundred and a thousand euro on a, on a suite of software, which would be a fairly considerable investment for me, and that's fine. But now they're saying, "Oh, you don't need to spend six, eight, a thousand euro. It's only eighty quid a month." And you can use everything, and it's automatically updated. And then I can right. go, yeah, well, 80 quid a month, like, if you think about it, in a year, it's going to cost me a grand. And at the end of that year, I have to continue paying to use it. Mm. And I have a particular yeah. piece of software that, uh, that I use uh, at the moment. Uh, the project is finishing. I would like to experiment with it whenever I get the time in order to launch another project in a couple of months' time. But in order to do that, I have to continue paying for the darn software. And it's expensive. Mm. And I'm like, no, no. I I hate the software. Do you know the model that I do like, though? Okay. And a lot of web developers will do this, uh, especially for WordPress plugins and and, and that kind of thing, is they will say, okay, so the piece of software is going to cost you whatever, 100, 200, 500 euros, it doesn't matter whatever. Okay, Mm. let's say 100 for the sake of argument, all right? Uh... And then uh, for the first year that you have the software, you get all the support and you get all the updates and da-da-da-da-da. Then if you want to continue with those updates, then you pay a much smaller fee each year after that. Or if you you decide, no, I don't want the updates and I don't want to be upgraded and I don't want any any support, well, then you stop paying. But the software continues to work because I am uh, an old fuddy-duddy person and I'm still a believer in that, uh, especially with media production, is I have my uh, Mac set up with the video editor that I need, the audio editor that I need, the, the web designer, whatever, and it works. It does everything that I need. Mm. So yeah. the last thing that I want <laughs> is somebody to be going, hey, update, <laughs> which then mm. screws everything up. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you've fallen victim to that before with uh, Final Cut, I think it was. Uh, the, yeah, well, any of them, like, you know, and, and the operating system as well. You know, kind of when you upgrade one thing, well, then it has a knock-on effect with everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, it drives me crazy, to quote Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> We're having a strange old day of it. Listen, uh, also in the news today, uh, speaking of software as a service and new things that are coming along, uh, Apple have released a, a bunch of products. Now, they were talking about their iPad and stuff like that. Uh, they've made some changes to them, but it's not so much the changes as to what's coming next, why those changes were made. Tell me very briefly what the changes were with the uh, the Apple products. Yeah, well, there's been a whole slate of Apple products released this week, and they kind of slipped out. You know, like There wasn't a, a huge announcement like you'd expect Mm. there wasn't the big um stage thing there was uh it was just okay last week we got a a whole bunch of new uh ipads we got a a refreshed ipad mini and we got a a new ipad air uh, and that's very nice and these are sort of still meant to be uh the entry level um ipads uh they've added pencil compatibility which is nice um but yeah and and i think the entry level air is now as powerful as the original ipad pro so that just shows how um processing power has advanced over the over the last while so uh also this week we got um a couple of new imacs uh now not the imac pro but just the the regular 21 and 27 inch IMAX and um, yeah 4K 5K displays. For my money, I think the 21 inch um, IMAX. If you want a desktop computer, it's probably the best on the market at the moment. Um, just in the the little bit of digging around that I've done, um, if you're in the market for a desktop, that's that's probably your guy. Um, but that's not really the the big news. This is probably why all this stuff has been released sort of on the quiet. Well, that's it, um, because they, they, they're just putting the things out there that will be capable of doing. And this is what we think is going to be the next big announcement. And we're expecting this next big announcement from Apple possibly next week. Yeah, what is it? it's next Monday and sort of uh, returning to a theme that we talked about already on this show, it looks like Apple are finally going to take the lid off its video streaming service. So they're going to do four movies, etc. But Right, now, I'm not an Apple person, all right? As we know. So you say Apple's streaming service because at the moment you've got uh, Apple TV and you can have a look through various movies and box sets and you can rent or buy or whatever happens to be with Apple anyway. Uh, Well, you can do, well, on my version of Apple TV, which is quite dated at this stage, you can do movies. Okay. And that's it. Okay, all right. And you stream the movies, or if you want to purchase the movie, you will then download or you've just got access to whatever. In the you cloud. can do either or, yeah, yeah. So what's the difference with this new streaming service then? One, why, why is this different? Okay, well, two reasons. Uh, one is the obvious one. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what the catalogue is like, uh, because that will be related to the price. And of course, we want to see what Apple want to make. Now, Apple has experimented with um, a couple of formats. They did a version of Carpool Karaoke. They did um, an apps, uh, an app um, show called Planet of the Apps, uh, neither of which sort of went down particularly well. Um, I think once you give small ideas like that the big the big show treatment, I think they lose a lot of their charm, and I think Apple has fallen. Yeah, they they've fallen into that trap mm. uh, of you know trying to put their spin on on very modest ideas. So 
Apparently, Ronald Moore, who developed Battlestar Galactica and worked on Deep Space Nine, uh, was working on a show for them. Um, I can't think offhand um, who else has been developing shows for them, but you know, it's Apple. You can you can be assured that it's oh. premium content. Oh. But this sort of leads me to an argument about content fatigue. Like I have, I am getting to the stage where I am cool with not watching certain shows. The idea of must-see TV for me, unless it's sports, I'm really not troubled anymore. Mm. Do you, you know, are there shows that come up that you go, right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to binge my way through this, and that'll be it for the weekend? Uh, very rarely. So, uh, like, you mean that the, the, we don't have so many Game of Thrones things or House of Cards things anymore? Yeah, like, I'm getting through Preacher at the moment, the, the second series. And well, I mean, there's, there's, there's too many of them. Because there's so yeah. many, it's like, it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and I'm I'm cool with that. You know, like, I know what shows aren't going to appeal to me, probably before I even sit down to watch pilot episode mm. at this stage, you know, that I can just go, all right, okay, it's not not for me. It's, a, it's like, I watched the first four seasons of Orange is the New Black and really enjoyed it. And then this year's season came out and I was like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. It's, <laughs> it's a fine many. show, but I've just put in my hours with it. I kind of, I tend to avoid box sets now because, you know, the first one, I suppose, was uh, with Walter, what's his name, uh, doing all the drugs, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. Uh, and I lost, oh, yeah, great. And you can really dive into it. But you know what? It's too big an investment of my time. And now when I see kind of uh, something that... That is a box set and it's like 24 episodes it's like oh, forget it <laughs> okay so does that mean that you have a very low threshold for rubbish so you will sit down and you're two oh, or no. three episodes in oh no go, no no if, if you speak to Mrs. Dusty she will tell you I have a very high threshold for rubbish <laughs> okay <fair laughs> Espe- especially if it's science fiction rubbish <laughs> 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 anyway, but I suppose I don't know. I think uh, I think it's the same with uh, I, I don't know why I'm saying TiVo because we don't have it. But it's like uh, when the hard disk recorders came in, and you are able to, or, or when video recorders came in, and you were able to tape something and go out and live your life and watch it later. Yeah, but there's only three shows worth watching. Yeah, no, but my point is, is that, you know, decades ago, everybody would have watched the same thing at the same time. And it would have been almost like a communal experience, whereas now that communal experience is gone. It's like, oh, I'm watching Game of Thrones. Stop! I'm only up to series six or whatever it happens to be. Mm, yeah, that, uh, that has happened to me with Walking Dead, actually. Mm. And I, it, it helped me just draw a line under it. Mm. So I think we're kind of getting into that little thing. Uh, it's inter- I think it's developing. It's still finding its way. Uh, and we're at that point where maybe there's just too much out there. Yeah, and I it'll think be so. interesting to see one. And, and you know, I think we'll just keep an eye on uh, on what Apple are doing, and we'll see what they can come out with next week, and maybe we'll chat about it further. Uh, because I've literally got two minutes to do uh, our last story of the day, and this is uh, War Ducks, the Irish company who we spoke to before, uh, who have just received three point three million euro in funding. Now they're a games company, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they specialise okay. in AR and VR games, and they're based so, on South William Street in Dublin. And they just nailed down. Yep, three point three million so, yada, yada, uh, euro yada, yada, in funding. Yada yada yada. Before we start sounding like CNN, yeah, how they were discovered by the people who put in the money is amazing. Tell me the story. Yeah, um, EQT Ventures went and discovered uh, Wardux not by you know feet on the street or word of mouth necessarily. They used an AI platform collating thousands of data points to figure out 
yep, this is a company we should invest in. Isn't that cool? It's quite unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> quite unbelievable so that's what they're using they're just using a, an algorithm to just uh, churn through online and just when it ticks off whatever the 20 points that they're looking for in investment then they look at it further that's it yeah that's yeah. and the, they've got some really interesting people joining the board of the company now including John Romero who we spoke to a couple uh, weeks ago yes indeed legend that he is alright well listen you can find out more about that on our uh, website we've also got a story there about uh, Facebook in the dark over uh, job ad discrimination I'm just putting my head in my hands and I'm going that's the world gone crazy listen you can see about it uh, on the website at techcentral.ie. We've also got the uh, lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more. And of course, you can listen to our little show here online or it's broadcast every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, uh, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thanks so much for listening and from Niall Kitson as well. Have a terrific weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.